so, so kind to me.
Good morning, everybody. Great to see you today. Would you stand with us as we lift our voices and just worship the Lord in song and just so glad that you're here today with us. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, well, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, well, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know that just ain't right. Well, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. Saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, well, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it. If you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, well, he's a chain breaker. Oh, if you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, well, he's a chain breaker. If you are glad to be here worshiping with us today, let's just give God some praise. We are glad that you are here. We're glad that you're watching because he is worthy of all of our praise. As we continue lifting our voices, just praise Jesus this morning. That's all we ask from his people.
Like a ring of solid gold, like a vow that is tested, like a covenant of old. Your love is enduring through the winter rain and beyond the horizon with mercy for today. Faithful you have been and faithful you will be. You pledge yourself to me and it's why I sing your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my Your praise. 
Father, we just thank you for these words you've given us this morning to sing your praises. Please let these words stay on our lips as we proclaim you are the living God. Please watch over us and be with us. In your name we pray. Amen. As we sing this next song, I just um, want to have you picture yourself coming to the altar of Jesus' feet. Just put yourself there this morning. Are you hurting, broken within, overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. and mistakes come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling bring your sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling oh come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. And oh, what a Savior. Hang on. It.
Morning, Crossroads. Morning, those of you joining us online. I just want to let you know that uh, we're glad you're here and we're glad to worship with you and thankful to be with you in the house this morning online or here in the building. I want to let you know that if you're brand new, first, second time, so I got a two-year-old and a three, let's say two, five, seven, and a nine-year-old. I went backwards. That's impressive. Um, but I, I, I'm learning how to count too. Um, but one of the things I want to let you know is if you are brand new today, you're checking things out, you're visiting, um, or maybe this is your second time, would you stop by the welcome center before you leave? They have a special gift for you. Just saying, thank you for joining us. Um, please talk to them. They would love to, to talk to you. They really would. And also if you're online, if you would just let Elena know, um, that you are brand new. She'd love to talk with you. You can message us or call in. We'd, we'd love to help you any way we can. But uh, we just want to say thanks for visiting and thanks for joining us. Hey, guys, Easter's coming, right? It's coming, and, it, and we're excited about that. I know spring is like, it's like it's just like right there, but then you get 12 feet of snow or whatever. Um, we're ha- it's going to happen, I promise you. It's going to happen. It's coming. And so uh, we also are going to be having our egg hunt. Yes. It's going to happen. Yes. Yeah, come on. We can, be, we can be excited about that. So March 27th is going to be our egg extravaganza, and it will be hopping. Um, usually it takes a while. Yeah, it creeps in slowly. Yeah. Anyway, but also you're going to be hearing more information about how you can sign up as well, how you can serve. But keep praying. Just start praying for that, uh, that event. It's a tremendous outreach, and people come from all over and... And, and grab eggs, and, and it's just a way that we can reach our community. So keep praying, and also we'll give you ways so you can invite your family and friends. There's going to be 10,000 eggs, so there will be eggs. Uh, it's going to be a really great time, and we're looking forward to that. Also, I want to let you know that uh, Good Friday, our Good Friday gathering, as well as Easter gathering, they're coming. And uh, Easter is going to be a really special time, as it always is here at Crossroads. And so Easter falls on April 4th this year. And so uh, look for that, and we'll be sharing more information to come, um, service times, and, and so on and so forth. But also, I just want to say thanks for giving. Um, thank you for being faithful and giving. I want to let you know that it's, um, you know, 
we had over $150,000 come in for the birthday gift of Jesus. And so those missionaries, as soon as that money came in, that money went out. And so missionaries have been starting to send uh, thank you notes. And so I want to read, read you a thank you letter. Can we put up that picture of Anna and, and, and Jan, if Franca, there are missionaries in Serbia. And so I want to read you a thank you letter. I think this is really powerful. Check this out. This is from um, uh, the, uh, the Francas, and it says, God was good to us in 2020, and there is a lot of reasons to be thankful. It looks like the, that the world stopped with COVID-19, but the ministry does not. Many people had to change their lifestyle. Many are confused or scared, and this is the time when people need to hear words of hope. Not just hope, everything will be fine, but hope in Jesus Christ. We visited your church exactly one year ago and still remember your interest and enthusiasm for the ministry in Slovakia and Serbia. It was a great weekend sharing our vision for this ministry. We did some progress, but due to COVID-19, there are some limitations. This week, uh, we, we want to thank you for your gift, from the birthday gift to Jesus. Uh, we are very thankful that you are faithful in your partnership with us in the ministry despite uh, limited church attendance and 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 so just that's from um, Jan and Anna and Ben Franca our missionaries in uh, in Serbia and so um, we just want to thank God for them this morning what they're doing to share the gospel and you know they have a radio ministry they have uh, like a, a street evangelism ministry and they are uh, just very passionate about the people of Serbia and so keep them in your prayers um, this morning and and as you continue to pray this week keep them in your prayers. Um, I also just want to say that, um, you know, as we continue to be faithful and, and just know that our gifts are being used by God. You know, I think sometimes we, it becomes a part of our habit, which is good. Um, but don't, don't forget to just ask God to just create that, cheer, that cheerful giver in yourself. You know, as we're doing the series, you know, what makes us grow, ask God to grow you. And let's, let's pray and thank God and ask him each time to continue to bless the gift and also each giver. So thank you for being faithful in giving. You can give through the mail. Uh, you can also give here in the building through the boxes on the wall in the lobby in the odds forum. Or you can also give online. But thank you for being faithful. Would you guys pray with me as we continue on? Lord, thank you for this, uh, this time we can just pause and, and just approach you in prayer. Lord, we know that you're here with us. And Lord, as we uh, approach your, your altar, Lord, as we approach your, thor- uh, your throne, Lord, we just know that... Uh, God, we're bringing in excitement. We're bringing in, um, Lord, just maybe a good week. Uh, things are riding high. We're bringing in uh, maybe low, low part of our week. Uh, God, we're maybe we're watching online or we will watch this at some point this week. Um, Lord, we know that uh, you know exactly where we're at, Lord, and, and that you are still king and that you are still reigning. And, Lord, that has not changed. In fact, Lord, your word says that you, Jesus, are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, and so, Lord, we praise you and know that uh, you are always at work. We thank you for Jan and for Anna and for Ben Franca for the ministry that they are doing over in Serbia. We pray just for their for their emotional, their spiritual, their physical needs, Lord, their financial needs. Lord, we pray that you would just meet all of those needs, uh, Lord, in their life and that they would continue to see you uh, just above all else. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for the ability to partner uh, with the Francas and to be able to partner with them over in Serbia. Lord, we, uh, we lift you up and we thank you uh, in all things uh, in the name of Jesus. We all pray. Amen.
unending love, amazing grace. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing Good to see you this snowy weekend. Got to love the ice. Welcome to Pittsburgh, right? Thank God you're here. Let's give our God a great hand of thanks. We thank our God this morning. God is so good. You know, that's the joys of Pittsburgh. You know, God uh, God only chose a few select people to live here, and you're one of them, right? So we're, we're glad that, uh, that we could be here today, and uh, even despite the weather, we're, God is blessing. We're having great times. What makes you grow? We've been looking at what makes you grow. What, what, what makes you grow in your faith? You know, uh, we've talked about a number of things. First of all, we took the whole month of January and said what makes you grow in your faith is to learn how to pray. And I want to encourage you to keep praying, keep developing your prayer life. We have out in the foyer there, there's a February prayer journal. It's basically some blank space for you to hold yourself accountable and, and journal your prayers. And I want to encourage you, many people start off with 21 days, and uh, it's, prayer isn't something you just do for 21 days and move forward. That's the starter package, and you're learning and you're growing. And I want to applaud you, church. Many people are growing in this area of, of faith and, and learning how to pray, learning how to talk to God. And then we talked about the importance of the Word of God, reading God's Word. Um, I encourage you to, to start a Bible reading plan. You can use the Bible app called the Version, Y-O-U Version app. And you just go to your app store. It's free. You download it and get on a Bible reading plan. And, and you can either read it. You can let it play. It will, it will play it to you. That's what I choose to do. I play it and I hear it. And so um, I'm taking the Word of God in. I want to encourage you to do the same. Take God's Word in and make this a part of your daily life. Because every day when you sit down to the Word, of God, He speaks to you. Every day, whenever you open up and you hear His, uh, his Word come to you, it, 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 He has something powerful for you. I, you know, I started this plan where it, it starts out, I read a chapter from the Old Testament, then I go to the New Testament, then it goes back to the Old Testament, and then back to the New Testament. And I was like, man, that's kind of, I kind of like to just read it straight through, but I'll try this plan. And, and as I started reading, I'm like, man, I heard something God has something from the Old Testament that connected to the New Testament. And I was like, wow, I can't believe like that was something that God had for me today. 
So God will speak to us every day when you get into his word. So prayers, you're talking to God, you having this developing a relationship with God. Uh, his word is, is vital to that. So you have to have prayer in his word. Last week we talked about people. God places people in your life. Relationships are so strategic. There's a spiritual nature to relationships. And I want to encourage you. Uh, we talked last week, Proverbs 13:20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Your friends are so important. So God places people in your life that will be strategic help to your growth, to your spiritual growth. First uh, Corinthians 15:33. don't be fooled by those who, uh, who, who don't understand that bad company corrupts good morals, corrupts good character. And so don't be deceived for bad company corrupts good character. So God says, listen, the people in your life are strategic. God places people in your life to help you along the way. And so as, as you're coming along this journey, you, uh, this is the greatest place to find a relationship, uh, a friendship that is going to be spiritual. So there's a spiritual nature to friendships. And so you want those people in your life that are going to encourage you to good things, that are going to encourage you to positive things in your life. And as you walk this journey, you want to, you want to surround yourself with those people. So this is, this is the place where you're going to grow that, um, through small groups, through, through different opportunities, through the church. And, uh, and today I want to continue on. We're going to pick up this passage here, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We, we used this last week, and we're going to pick up here today. Let's read it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Today I'd like to share with you four commands from this passage that help us to grow. Like, God is the one who is going to grow your faith. As, as you can plant the seed, you can water it, you can provide fertilizer, but at the end, what makes that seed grow? In your spiritual life, what makes that grow is God. God performs something inside of you, and He grows your faith. He makes it strong. And so there's four commands. And so if you're taking notes this morning, I want to encourage you to get the, uh, on your way in, stop and get the, the little note sheet. We have a note sheet out there in the foyer. And, and I encourage everyone to, to write things down. And, and here's why. When you write things down, you remember them. You will remember 90% of what you write down. Even if you never read it again, you'll remember it because you did it. So there was an action there. You wrote it down. So as part of your growth process, I want to encourage you to pick up those, uh, those cards out there and, uh, and on your way in and just fill in the blanks as we go and take notes. There's something that God is going to speak to you as we open his word. You jot down a reference. You go look it up later. You, you develop and you grow that way, okay? So four commands that we're going to see here this morning. The very first one in your notes there is throw off the things that him hinder me. Throw off the things that hinder me. This is how you grow spiritually. Look what the text says here. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Um, when you're running a race, do you put on a pair of jeans to go run a race? Not if you want to compete, right? 
Maybe if you just want to run to the back door. But if you're running a race, this is what you look like, right? And by the way, those aren't my legs either, all right? uh, This is what you do. You you, you, you know, typically the lightest wear that you can have. When I was a student up at Word of Life Bible Institute, I'll never forget, they made us uh, exercise four days a week as part of our training. And and I had a job assignment was to be in a dish room. So you had to get them in. And I was like, well, I'll just do it after I'm done working. And except, you know, when you're in a dish room, you wear boots and you wear jeans. And so I came out with my jeans and my boots on, and I said, well, I'll just run a mile now, and I'll get that done. I did a 45-minute mile. It was so much fun. It was wet, and it was gross. I mean, it's just terrible. Like, I had this dishwater all over me from working. That's not how you run a race. When you want to run a race, you want to run a mile, you're going to take off everything that you can to be as light as possible. You don't go pick up a book bag. You don't say, well, here's all the books I've been reading. I'm going to, I'm going to jog with all my books and just show everybody how smart I am. Then you're going to show them how dumb you are, right? You don't jog with books in your hand. You don't jog with weights. You don't go picking up. Now, you know, I mean, I carry weight all the time when I jog. But anyhow, some, some, you, know, you don't go around picking up extra weights and running with weights because you want to compete. And so he says here there's two things to throw off. First of all is hindrances. He says, get rid of the things that hinder us. These are not necessarily sin. Uh, he's going to get to that in the, next, in the next moment here. He says, but throw off the things that hinder us. So what are some of the things that can hinder us? I want to encourage you to think about the things that can hinder you in your spiritual life. They may be just good. It, it could be some good things like your job. I mean, we all have to have a job. We've got to go work. We have our career. We invest into our life. And so... That job can sometimes get out of order and it can take over and you can make all of your life about that job. That becomes a hindrance. Um, relationships. We can make relationships be the number one most important thing. And I have to have this relationship. If I don't have this relationship, and so relationships can do that. Pleasure. Just, just longing for money and fun and vacation. I mean, who doesn't want to go on vacation right now? This is Western Pennsylvania. Like, we are Googling what is the sun right now, you know? We can't wait to see it someday. And, and so it's like we, we long for that. And so there's nothing wrong with wanting to go on vacation, but it, it can become a hindrance if that's all you live for is that vacation. And that's all I live for is to have fun. And that's all I live for is to have comfort. I mean, who doesn't enjoy being comfortable? And that's, that's the American way. We want to be comfortable all the time. But yet, he says, to throw off the things that hinder you. And I want to encourage you to, to, to understand what are the things that hinder you, because there are so many things that will hinder you that may not hinder me, and things that may hinder me that may not hinder you. These are things that are specific to you because you're running the race. And so there's things that are going to be more of a challenge for you than they are for me and things that I will be more challenged with than you are. And then he says also not only throw off the things that are good that can get in the way, but also throw off the things that are bad. Throw off the sin. Number two is the sin that easily entangles us. And so these things that that, that one, one translation says the sin that easily besets us, that entangles us, that trips us up. And so when you're thinking about sin that easily entangles us, we typically think of big things. We think of immorality. We think of theft. We think of uh, many things that are, are, that are just outright blatantly wrong. But I'm going to share with you that there are sins that every one of us have to deal with. 
and the sins that easily entangle us. Let's look at a couple here this morning. What about jealousy? Do you ever get around somebody who's jealous? Uh, somebody that just aches when somebody else does well. It, it, you know, they can't be happy um, because you have got the promotion. They're upset because they, they didn't get the promotion. And so they're, they're never happy. They're always jealous. So they're, they're just aching with, with uh, really being upset because somebody else has done well. Uh, how about pessimism? I don't know any Christians that are ever like that. Do you? Uh, being negative all the time, perpetually souring everything. Like, uh, it's just so easy. You know, I always say there's nothing worse than being a sour Christian. And then I thought, well, there's nothing worse than being sour at all, right? <laughs> Christian or none. Like, to, you know, the, the, if the glass is half empty all the time, how are you doing? Well, I think I might be able to make it today. Uh, how are you doing? It's snowing outside. Man, um, you know, our world is just getting so bad out. And I don't know, you know, listen, things are bad out. But I have great hope, folks. Jesus is with us. And he is doing great things. And he is still moving. And, man, there, there's, a, there's a world that's tough out there. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So, listen, these are the things that can entangle us. You can, you can easily be entangled by the things of this world that will just trip you up. Um, here's another one is lust. What about lust? You can lust for people. You can lust for things. You can lust for position. You can lust for finances. And so these things keep going on and on and on. And so these are things that we all deal with. Here's another one, pride. What's the middle letter in pride? I. It's the big I problem. I'm going to do what I want to do regardless of what anybody else says. Folks, pride destroys relationships. Pride destroys everything. As a matter of fact, Proverbs says that pride goes before a fall. So if you want to see destruction in your life, you want to see a fall in your life, just develop pride. And it really is. It's the big eye problem. I'm going to do what I want to do regardless of what anybody else says. And so, you know, we live in a world where, where, where pride can just escalate. And so we become self-absorbed. It's a sin that plants in the center of all that you do. Um, anger. How about anger? Anger is like a volcano, and it just, it just belches the fire. I went down to a conference down in Orlando, and we, we always like, when we get down there, we like to go to that free area of Disney, the Disney Springs area, where you can go to a restaurant. And we walked around, this, uh, around there, and I was, you know, having fun, just enjoying the nice weather out there. And, and we get near this one restaurant, and it has this volcano on the top of it. And that thing just, it's like once an hour, uh, once every half hour, just belches with this fire. I've often told you before that, you know, I understand anger because I think I have a short fuse. I just don't like to light it too often. And that's how you deal with anger. I know that, man, whenever I light it, it's bad, right? It's like lighting an M80. Did you ever do that? Okay, I'm showing you my city roots now, right? You know, you take an M80 firecracker, and, you, and you know, we, we used to put them things underneath a bunch of rocks and Frisbees and just, you know, we, we, were, we were, well, we was kids. Let's just be that way, right? It has, a, it has a fuse like that, and you'd light it. And you didn't stand around saying, oh, I can't wait to see this thing go off. You light it, and you run. And then you see all the rocks and the Frisbees go flying up in the air that you should never pout on top of an M80, you know? It's like, it's like... Some of you have to go Google what an M80 is. It's a very big firecracker, all right? And so 
And I'm sure they were legal on that day. Anyhow, so we, 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 we love, to, love to play with that. But listen, a fuse of anger can destroy your life. And it just belches. And it can just destroy. And I have found, as I'm reading the Scripture, Jesus said to be angry and sin not. And I think he was the only one that could do that. I, 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 can't, I can't be angry and not want to break something, right? I can't be angry and not want to yell or, or, or respond somehow. So be, we ha- anger is a part of our life, and we can be righteously angry. But listen, there's a side of that can really get carried away. Lying. You know, lying is a sin that will tinge all of your relationships. It will ruin all relationships. If you are not honest before your wife, if you're not honest before your kids, you're not honest to your employer, not honest to your friends, you, uh, you just start this web of lies. And then pretty soon nobody trusts you. And it, will, it, may, you know, it doesn't happen right away. You don't realize it until it's too late, until this thing has totally destroyed you. But if you look at lying, and so we, we, these are just some of the sins that easily beset us. And so this, the author of Hebrews here says, take off those distractions. Take off jealousy. Take off lust. Take off pessimism. Take off lying. Take all these things that so easily beset us. Take them off. And he continues on, and, and the, next, the, the second command here is to run. He says, you get to participate by running. You know, besetting sins, here's what besetting sins do to us. They hold us with promise of pleasure. That's what sin does. Every time sin is offered to us, it promises you something that will make you feel good. And most of the time, folks, it does make you feel good very temporarily. And then you wake up. It's called the next day. And then you regret what you did. And then you're upset and you're feeling guilt. You're feeling shame and remorse. See, that's what sin does. The besitting sins always offer us this promise of pleasure. We take it, and then you get out and you're like... Man, that wasn't what I thought. And if I just did, the, and if I, uh, uh, and then your whole life is wrecked. So he says to take off the besetting sins. And if you want to grow your faith, the second command is to run the race that is set before us. And I want to encourage you today: run that race. God says you get to participate in your spiritual growth. Like you, you get to you get to be a part of it. Look here at Hebrews twelve one. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance. That's the, that, that means let us be able to finish the race. I like uh, an article that I read by, by a guy named Art Carey. Art Carey, had a, uh, he was a writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he describes himself as a writer and sometimes marathon runner. He, uh, he competed many years ago in what was known as, in, well, what we still know today as the Boston Marathon, right? If we ever have those things again. But um, he, he ran in the Boston Marathon, and he wrote an article entitled Hitting the Wall. And I want to share with you the end of his article here. He says this, by now, he's talking about coming down where he's hitting the wall. By now. The rigors of having run nearly 20 miles are beginning to tell. My stride has shortened. My legs are tight. My breathing is shallow and fast. My joints are becoming raw and worn. My neck aches. All the joints, uh, that have, uh, all the jolts that have ricocheted up my spine all the way to my neck. Half dollar sized blisters sting the soles of my feet. 
I'm beginning to feel the queasy and lightheadedness. I want to stop running. You know, folks, that's exactly the way the Christian life is. It's like you get running, and then pain comes. And it's that a strategic moment when you are tempted to not run anymore. You're tempted to not grow anymore. You're tempted to just sit on the sideline. I've hit the wall. Now the real battle begins. Up the first of many long inclines I start to climb. I go up Heartbreak Hill, the last of the longest, the steepest. A half-mile struggle against gravity designed to finish off the faint and faltering. The last four miles seemingly endless. Finally, the destructive profile of the prudential, uh, the distinctive profile of the prudential building looms on the horizon. I begin to set up my pace. I can see the yellow stripe 50 yards ahead. I run faster, pumping my arms, pushing off my toes, defying clutching leg, uh, defying clutching leg cramps to mount a glorious last gasp kick. Cheers, clapping, 10 yards, finish line, an explosion of euphoria. I'm clocked in at two hours, 50 minutes and 49 seconds. My place? He says is 1,176. I find the figures difficult to believe, but if they are accurate, then I have run the best marathon of my life. When times and places are important and breaking a personal record is thrilling, the real joy of the Boston Marathon is finishing, doing what you set out to do. And I want to encourage you, that's what the Christian life is like. It's finishing. Anybody in here run a marathon? Raise your hand if you run a marathon. I know one. Anybody else out there? Anybody? Two. All right, we have two. Let's give them a hand, man. That's a big deal. They finished the marathon. The only marathon I ever finished was that candy bar. Do you remember the marathon? So anyhow, you have to be old to know what that candy bar was. Anybody run a half marathon? Raise your hand. All right, half. All right, we got a number of half marathons. Let's give all these folks a hand, man. That's awesome. That's wonderful. How about the people, my people? You walk down. No, I'm just kidding. You uh, you did a 5K. Anybody do a 5K? Raise your hand. You did a 5K. All right. Let's give all you people a hand. All right. Now, now I can tell you that I have not run a 5K, but I have walked a 5K. It was called the Turkey Trot. And uh, my wife wished me well as she rolled over in bed, and I went out to the Turkey Trot. She was like, yeah, I'm so proud of you, honey. And, uh, and, and I took my daughter, Carice, with me, and, and uh, we got down there, and I had my, I was, I was styling, you know. Put up that picture of them legs, you know. I was so kind to the people. I put on long pants. I didn't want anybody to be offended by these beautiful set of legs. And I had some sweats on. And I had my beautiful shirt they gave you. It had a turkey on it. And I was like, I'm ready to go. And I had high hopes. And I got going. And you start out at PNC Park. And I went down. And I'm like, man, so many people are passing me up. What's this all about? And I go across that bridge, going across the river. I'm like, there's less people around me. Where they all go? They're way ahead of me. My daughter says, Dad, I love you. I'll see you. And I'm like, I'm so proud of myself. And I keep going. I go down. 
go around the, the, the city there, and I come in front of the old Pittsburgh Press Building, come out by Point State Park, and I go down, and you're going up, and you go, the road's closed. I'm like, where's the buses? And I'm like, there's less and less people around. And, and, and that incline, like, like it really is not a bad incline, but like a man of my caliber, that's an incline. And, and, I, and I made it up there, and I'm walking across the bridge. I'm like, they had better have a donut at the end of this line. <laughs> and I am like, I don't know if I can do this. And I made it all the way to the end, and Carice, she came back to help me. She's like, Dad, come on. Everybody's been done for a while. And I tell you, I finished, and I went home, and I looked, and I saw that I beat three other people, and I was so happy. Yeah. And I went back again the next year. That's called wisdom. I don't know what that is. But, but I'll tell you what. I was so happy that I finished. And I finished my 5K. And so I have aspirations to do a 5K again. Like a, a marathon is like, wow, that would be incredible to do a marathon. I'd be happy to walk a marathon. I, I, my, Carice went down and she, she ran the marathon. I, I came after church like she was doing the marathon. I came after church. I preached and I got on a trolley and went down. And I had like dress shoes on. And I'm running to see her at the end of the line. And I'm like, I can't run with these dress shoes on. I, I'm just so happy she finished. And she did. She finished well. And so, so this is what the Christian life is like. He says, run the race. Finish well. Finish well. Don't let your mind be distracted by the things that can easily beset you. 2 Timothy 4, 7, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. You know, the word race that he's using here is an ancient Greek word that means a conflict or a struggle of many kinds. It's a conflict or a struggle of many kinds. You see, that's what the Christian life is. It's a race, and your race looks different than mine. And mine looks different than yours. And, and I may have cardiac heal to go up. And right now I may be on cardiac hill and it's taking me down. And right now you're on a good part of your race. And then in a few months you're going to be on cardiac hill. Or maybe you're saying, man, there's just so many turns I can't even figure out my race. And, and listen, this has been the hardest season of my life. And God says, listen, don't get out of the race. He says you get to run. I'll tell you one way to not finish. To just quit. And when you sit on the sidelines and you're watching all the other runners, you're no longer racing. And and the the encouragement here is to keep going. I want to encourage you here. James says this. The book of James, chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you have encountered various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. That word endurance is the same word that we see over in Hebrews where he says to persevere. It's the same word. Many times this word is translated as patient. It's translated as endurance. It's translated as as perseverance. Count it all joy when you encounter trials. Folks, that is not my first reaction. When I encounter a trial, I'm like, Lord, why me? But God says, listen, when you're asking that moment of why me, God is saying, I am making you stronger. 
and I'm the one who's in charge of your life, and I have the race, and don't drop out of the race. You may take a temporary where you need to take a breather, you need to take some time. God says, get back into the race. Count it all joy for the testing of your faith. This is where faith grows, folks. Faith grows in these circumstances of our life. This is where God is shaping you. He shapes me in these circumstances of my life. I don't like that. I, I don't enjoy that, right? I don't say, God, please shape me more today. Give me some more pain. But I want to tell you, my faith has grown strong in every season of that. And we will all go through seasons of that. Look, look at the next verse here in James he says, let endurance, let that patience have its perfect re- result. It, the word there is a patient, enduring, persevere. Let perseverance have its perfect result. That means complete. Let it, let it have a complete result so that you may be perfect, that you may be complete in your faith. That, that like He uses the word perfect. That means to be complete. And then he uses another word for complete. So he's saying that you may be complete, complete, like that that your faith may be real. And that may be lacking in nothing. And I want to remind you that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And the trials that you're going through, that there's another season of life coming through, and that God keeps growing us and growing us and growing us. So one day we're with him face to face. And I want to encourage you to, uh, to be a runner in that race. In July of 1981, Bill Broadhurst entered the Omaha, Nebraska Pepsi 10K. And uh, what, what people didn't realize is that Broadhurst had, 10 years earlier, suffered a brain aneurysm. It left him partially paralyzed on his left side. He made it his goal to finish the 10K despite his obstacles. He was determined to run because Bill Rogers, his hero and a world-famous distance runner, was in the race that day. Rogers, the great runner that he is, placed first in a time of 29 minutes and 37 seconds. One hour in, Bill Broadhurst, with his partially paralyzed left side, started to feel like dead weight. After two hours, the car, the cars were back into the streets and he noticed that they were not blocking off the streets. This was just a 10K, so after two hours, it became difficult to navigate the intersections. At two hours and 20 minutes, the pain was so intense and the throbbing was so bad that he couldn't go on. Then he saw the end, but as soon as he saw it, his heart sank. He was so discouraged because they had taken down the banner. The finish line was gone. Everybody had left. Still having come this far, he said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to finish. I'm going to make it till the end. And as he approached the finish line, he saw a small gathering of people off to the side. They moved out to greet him, and he saw Bill Rogers at the front. They had been waiting for him as Broadhurst crossed the finish. Rogers opened his arms and hugged him. Rogers took the gold medal from around his own neck and put it around his neck as, as he crossed, as he was the last runner to cross the line. And Rogers says to him, you're the winner, man. You take the gold. And folks, that's exactly what God does for us in our life. Don't be looking at all the other people. Don't be looking anywhere else. Look unto Christ. Not only is he at the finish line, he's running with you. He says he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's in this with you.
The third command in this passage is to focus on him. Focus on Jesus all the time. Focus on him. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So as you're running this race, look, you can't look at the trials. Or we have to deal with them. You can't look at this. You have to look at that. Look at Jesus. He is, he's, he's the prize. And, and he's running the race with you. And he says, fix your eyes. I love that. The, the word here in Greek is so powerful. He says, listen, basically don't look at anything else and fix your eyes only on the prize. I've had a few questions come to me recently about some Christian leaders in our world that have fallen. And they said, well, what's going on in our world? And what about these people? And I tell you what, I don't know what's going on, but I can tell you this. God says, don't look at those people. Look at Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you today in your walk with Jesus Christ. The world is falling apart. These are human people out there. Don't look unto human people. Look unto Jesus, the author. He's the one who starts the faith. He's the one who completes your faith. You know what his focus is? His focus is all about you. Over in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, check this out. I love this. He said, but because of his great love for us. Folks, this is Valentine's Day, isn't it? The greatest love in all the world is Jesus Christ. I want to, I want to remind you guys out there, it's Valentine's Day. Dollar General is open until 5 o'clock. I'll see you down there. About 12.45. Anyhow, there's no greater love than Jesus. Human relationships are wonderful. We have them. God gave them to us as gifts. But may I tell you today that the greatest love of all was when Jesus came to this earth, died for your sin, was buried, and rose again. Because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. God, who is so rich in mercy that he didn't give me what I deserve. If I get what I deserve, if you get what you deserve, the Bible says we are sinners and all have sinned and the wages of sin is separation, death, separation from God forever and ever in a real place called hell, the Bible says. But because of his great love, God, who is rich in mercy, look what he did. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. Even when we were dead in our sins, He made you alive. It is by God's grace that you have been saved. In order that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I want you to catch this. You have been seated in the heavenly realms with Jesus. Do you think of your life like that? That's what God has placed you. That is your position in the heavenly realm. You say, but I, you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor. You're right. I don't know what you're going through. But I'll tell you what, if you've trusted Jesus, I know where your position is. And it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't even matter what my own feelings think. Listen, my feelings go up and they go down. I cannot trust my feelings. Many times my feelings will be a barometer and I can, I can say, hey, there's some sort of pain, but I cannot trust my feelings. I have to go by what God said in his word. And he said that he has raised you up to be seated in the heavenly realms with Jesus Christ. In order that in the coming ages we might show the incomparable riches of Christ expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. 
focus on the prize, folks. He says, now if we are children, Romans eight seventeen. now if we are children, then we are heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You are a joint heir. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus. You've trusted Jesus, you're in the family of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus. That's a pretty powerful place to be, folks. You want your faith to grow? Consider Jesus in the way that he lived. Consider Jesus in the way that he lived. He had a focus. He saw the prize. Uh, Hebrews 12:3. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And folks, that, this, this word here, grow weary and, and lose heart, it is a term that is a, a, an athletic term. And it's like saying uh, in the middle of a race that you would collapse from exhaustion. He says, consider him. When bad times come, consider Jesus and the way that he lived. He endured such opposition so that you will not collapse and quit the race. Wow. Like I've caught this before and I've read that verse and I said, wait a minute, endure it because he died on the cross so that I can go to heaven. He says it's a step beyond just going to heaven. He says so that you will not collapse. So that you will not be so faint of heart and watch the race. So that you will run the race. So today, I want you to consider how Jesus ran the race. How did he do it? He did it with confidence, yet with meekness, yet with strength. And so today, there are things in your life, there's things that that have distracted us. You can be distracted by the things that you're carrying. You can be distracted by other runners. God says, no, 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 no. Keep your eye on the prize. Oh, that was one of my servants over there, and he fell, and he tripped, and he fell in a pothole, and he got out of the race. No, 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 don't follow that guy. Uh Uh-uh. He's just a human. The perfect one is at the finish, and he wants to make your faith complete. As we close today, I'd like to take us to the greatest gift of all on this Valentine's Day is Jesus Christ. I'd like to instruct you to take the communion cup that you grabbed when you came in today. And on one one end of the, the cup, you'll notice there's bread. I'd like for you just to peel the bread back and just hold that in your hand today and just hold that there. There's some in the foyer if you'd like to get some more if anybody that doesn't have one yet. Um, um, would you just read this verse with me while you hold that in your hand let's read this together but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us this is the greatest gift of all when I think of love I wanna, I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 it says that love is patient love is kind Love does not envy, it does not boast, it's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist its own way, it is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. The love of Jesus Christ for you never failed. He went to the cross He died on the cross and he paid for your sin. 
And he has left us with this symbol. And when he tells us this in the Bible, he says, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. So let's just pray together this morning with our heads bowed and eyes closed today. Before we partake of the Lord's table, maybe you're saying, Pastor Ken, I've not yet trusted Jesus as my Savior. I, I want to give you that opportunity before you celebrate what he did for you. Would you trust him right now where you're sitting? Just open your heart and say something like this to God. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. And I need a Savior. Jesus, you died on the cross and you paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And God, I invite you into my heart, into my soul right now. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just look at that bread and just remember that verse? But God didn't just say he loved you. He proved it. He demonstrated his love. While we're still sinners, he died for you. Father God, we thank you for this bread. Just as you did when when, when you had the disciples in that upper room. You took the bread and you said, eat this. Do this in remembrance of me. And you said, this is my body. This is the symbol of the broken body. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you that you went to the cross. And that you died and you paid for our sin. God, I thank you that everyone is open to a relationship with you because of what you have done for them. God, I pray that you'll move mightily, Lord, as we worship you, as we partake together. Bless this. In your name we pray. Amen. Take the cup and open the cup and just hold it for a moment there. Jesus in the upper room, he, he said, this is, this is the new covenant in my blood. And what he was saying was there's a new agreement between God and man. It was no longer the Ten Commandments. The new agreement was Jesus, his blood. He's the only one that was perfect that could pay the price. None of us could... could could be good enough to obey all the Ten Commandments. None of us could be good enough to obey all the law. Only Jesus was perfect. And he died on the cross. And he paid for your sin. He said, do this in remembrance of me. After he had given thanks. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for this juice that we're holding in our hands, Lord. Symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you that You've asked us to do this in remembrance of you. And today, Lord, we're doing this in remembrance of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, we remember not just your death, not just your burial, but your resurrection, Lord. And because you were resurrected, you validated that new covenant. You didn't just say that you loved us. You proved it. God, thank you for allowing us to participate in the Christian life, to grow But, Lord, we thank you so much that it's all about you and what you have done for us. In your name we pray. Amen. God's been so good to us, hasn't he, folks? 
I want to thank you for joining us online or here in the building today. I would like to ask everyone as you exit to please take your supplies with you there and uh, we'll put them, there'll be a trash receptacle on the floor that will help us tremendously. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our God is great. Amen. It's icy, but God is warm. It's good. God bless you. Have a great day. Let this dark room in silence fuel imagination. Tonight, the stars shine bright and spell my name. chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky I'm drifting off in the deep of the valley your presence surrounds me the crickets sing and trees ring and I want to let you know
too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling.